Captain DeBridge. Spock here. Make it so. Surrender is not an option. Attention crew of the Enterprise, this is James Kirk. We are all explorers, driven to know what's over the horizon, what's beyond our own shores. We would have helped you get home if you had asked. That's who Starfleet is. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to a special patron-only episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. Joining me today are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Very well, thanks. So we've worked our way through the new season of Short Treks, and we've come to the last one. And as a special bonus to our patrons, we've been discussing each Short Trek as it comes out, and then releasing that t- discussion to the patrons uh, exclusively. And then uh, after you, the patrons, have had a chance to listen to them all, we're going to bundle them all up and release them to the rest of the audience, which will happen actually uh, as we're making this discussion next week, a week from today. So uh, some something about a short about six days from now, as you probably have received this. So today we're discussing this last of the short tracks called Children of Mars. And it's about eight minutes long. And it's a bit different from the other short treks we've we've had because right. this is not a Star Trek Discovery, uh, P- uh, Pike's Enterprise era short trek. It's a Picard era as we this get the new actually, Picard series. This was actually meant to be a lead into the actual Picard series. Yes, right. I mean, they stated as such that this was that was this one was going to be. Right. And we should probably talk about the title, Children of Mars, um, yep. because it, it, I wondered what it was going to be about. I thought it might be set on Mars, but it's not. It's actually mm-hmm. set in San Francisco because you can mm-hmm. see the Golden Gate Bridge out of one of the. It's about two little girls who were going to school together and and they take a, a physical shuttle to go to their school. So it has to be nearby. It's not they don't transport across the planet to get to it. Right. Um, And you can see the Golden Gate Bridge out of one of their windows. So we know this is set in San Francisco. Their parents both work in Starfleet and their parents both work in Starfleet on Mars. So the two little girls are, in some sense, the children of Mars. There may be another reference, though, because uh, another meaning in the title, because Mars is the god of war and war breaks out or some kind of attack happens on Mars during the course of this episode. Yes. Oh, and uh, well, that's important. We'll, and we'll we'll discuss it probably a, a bit. But uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about this. The opening, the title sequences really gives us a clue. This, the previous title sequences for the short tracks all were in the style of Star Trek Discovery. This one is in definitely in the font that they use for the titles for Star Trek: The Next Generation. So it really sets mm-hmm. it apart. Um, there's very little dialogue by yeah. the characters. We- we basically have a, 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 a hi, my name is Kima, hi, my name is Lil, my parent works here and does this. Right. And then we get a line of dialogue from each parent over an, over um, video chat. Right. Yep. And, and then maybe some from a teacher later on. But otherwise, not a whole lot of talking. Um, we have also, we have music underlying it. We have a yep. version of or a cover of 
David uh, Bowie's We Could Be Heroes, which is interesting. Which yeah. has been covered by other people, too, including including the musical group Blondie. Um, yes. And this is like the worst version of Heroes <laughs> yes. I've ever heard. <laughs> I, Heroes I like the song, a, but this was painful to yeah, listen to. Yeah. Heroes is a great song, but this is like the joyless, slow version of it. Right, right. Why? Yeah. Well, that, then I also think balance-wise, it was too loud. You know, mm-hmm. like, because they, they did have, there were other sounds you'd hear things going on, like the shuttle taking off and announcements and stuff like that, but you could barely hear them beneath the song. Yeah. I'm well, kind of curious. Well, I part of, t- to mask the dialogue and obviously to create an emotional effect, but neither of these girls are heroes. Right. This that's song my is question. totally inappropriate. Well, who's the heroes? That's what, that was my question. Yeah. Her, their parents who apparently, perhaps, maybe have sacrificed their lives. We're not even sure of that. Uh, it's very odd, very, very strange. Now, we're, I mean, to be fair, it could go back to you. Know, you mentioned the the second meaning of the the title for the children of war, right? Mm-hmm. And that you know this is them becoming the heroes or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah, but they don't. By their, they're, they're, they don't do anything. These girls don't do anything heroic. Nothing we see on screen. No, right. We it it could be that there's this modern interpretation or modern use of the word hero to mean. People protagonist who, or survivor. We could, be, we could be protagonists just for one day yeah. or at least seven minutes. Well, not even protagonists. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, we, sometimes we use hero to refer to, uh, you know, the, oh. the survivors of, of terrible things, uh, the, the people left behind by those who have right. given their lives and the, they're heroes for, have, for picking up and carrying on. But we don't actually have any of that in this. I mean, we don't see, yeah. you know, the, that the fact develop. is it, most of this story is a typical Day at One girl bullies the other and the other girl retaliates yeah. back and forth. Right. So, so let's quick description of that. The two yeah. girls, one's human, one is not. They're classmates. They both have parents who work at Utopia Planitia shipyards on Mars. The human oh, girls. Let's talk about that for a second. Okay. Because yeah. Utopia Planitia is a real place on Mars. It's in the northern hemisphere of Mars. And nevertheless, they when they talk about Utopia Planitia shipyards, they only show us this orbital shipyard. Well, they've done that How, from the beginning. From, I, I know they've yeah. done it before, but here's my criticism. Why is that the you know, Utopia Planitia shipyards when Utopia Planitia is on the surface of well, Mars and this can't be an aerostationary thing that's always in orbit above Utopia Planitia because it's not on the equator. I tell you, I'll tell you why, uh, because they've established this in, in secondary media because mm. the, it, a, the shipyard is in two parts, the, the, the ground based where they do, where they put things together. And then the, uh, the uh, space base where the, they, the they put them station. together. Right. Yeah. So there's a ground base station that is the headquarters for whatever's going on in orbit. And so that's mm. where, people beam up from and transport up materials. And so they name it after the place on earth on the ground. Yeah. There's in another, I forget maybe in the, uh, the, the JJ uh, 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 Abrams enterprise novelization, they refer to the Boston shipyards, uh, orbital mm-hmm. shipyards, you know, that that's well, they, they've, they've talked before too, about like the San Francisco shipyards and they're right. actually in San Francisco. But yeah, that's where Kirk beams up from in the, the motion picture. And that's where the enterprise takes off from. Uh, there. Mm. So yeah, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, Jimmy. But yeah, it's it, it's a uh, it's a it's Minor something point. they've established. Yeah, in in it. Yeah. But in, in any case, the girl, the human girl, resents her dad for being so, away. Bad dad trope, right there. Yep. Right. But the alien girl seems to be okay with her mom being away. 
because mom good and bad dad. That's the tr- that's no. that's the law, right? Right. Especially when it comes to you know the daughters, apparently, and no other parent, no mom, no dad for the each of these kids. There, I mean, we we don't see the other parent. Now maybe that's there is right. another parent that we don't see, but. They're, they both, from what we're told on screen, which we have to assume is the dominant characteristic of their life, because neither one of them mentions a second parent, is these are both children of single absentee parents. Right. That's the idea that we're being given anyway. Uh, so the the kids are heading for the school shuttle. I, just, I had a problem with this, with the, the like, it, it, this is a Enterprise Starfleet shuttle craft. This is a yep. one interplanetary shuttle. Why would you need this? Is you know a, using a, a a Black Hawk helicopter to fly kids to school? Essentially, I I believe that it's meant this school is meant to be like a special mil- school for Federation children of Federation officers. So it's like a right. school you'd have on a military base for the staff of the base. Yeah. Except then yeah. it should be on Mars. Just have well, it as be, a school to be bus. Fair, though, yeah. Um, most schools that are on military bases use good old fashioned yellow school buses. So <laughs> right. um, I did like the fact, though, that that shuttle was painted in school bus yellow. Yes, that's true. That's true. And a very interesting use of the uh, the shield, the force field to prevent kids from running into, up to the bus as it's taking off. Uh, but that's what happens. The human girl. You, to bumps, be fair, we, we yeah. don't really know what civilian transport would be like then, you know, your general typical civilian transport. Because if you want to be real nitpicky, this is TNG and beyond era, but it's the same type of shuttle that you see on Discovery. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah. That's, so you're talking I mean, about a hundred year difference there where it's like this is the old technology shuttle that they now use for school buses instead <laughs> of outfitting starships. That's right. Yeah. If I want to go to school in a in a yeah, World War Two era uh, tank. In an M48. Yeah. <laughs> sure. No, so, I would so love that. They, they get to school and they have these video displays all over the place. One of them is playing CNN. Another is a rotating carousel that says happy first contact day. So this is the Z- anniversary of the date that uh, the um, James Cameron, uh, not James Cameron, um, whatever the uh, uh, Cochran. Zephyr Cochran. Zephyr Cochran played by the, the, yeah. the fellow. And uh, yes, yeah, so it's the anniversary of that date. The the whole thing starts with a, an accidental bump between the girls go, heading to the school the school bus. That's and then there's yeah. this misunderstanding. So yeah, they get to school. It's a, I think the school looks interesting. It's an interesting look at mm-hmm. what a the unimagined 25th century school would look like and its technology mm-hmm. and teaching style. It, it's in a very brief it, view. It kind of draws in a way on some of the like homeschool tech that we saw in Vulcan in season two of Discovery, where Spock mm-hmm. was like using his yep. video screen and stuff. Um, but basically what's going on here is the two girls are being alternately. I mean, there's a there. They have a rivalry. It's clear. And mm-hmm. they're they keep one upping each other, although there's a moment where it looks like Lil, the human girl, is trying to bond with Kima, the other girl. Right. Um, but then it ends up getting the other girl in trouble. So maybe that was a setup. Right. And right. it ends up with the two of them coming to blows in front of a group of lockers. You get this and idea that they're acting out their uh, their anger over their absentee their parents. parents. Yeah. 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 Which is another maybe aspect of Children of Mars, Children of War, is their aggressiveness in their mm-hmm. behavior. And and then the plot point occurs, which is uh, something comes on the sp- uh, well. They the they something the happens principal. on Mars. There's an attack. The yep. carousel with the rotating graphics says this is an emergency alert. 
and CNN is on and they're playing a video about rogue synths attack right. Mars, 3,000 estimated dead. And the synths is the most interesting part of this. These right. apparently yes. are synthetic beings. It harks back to uh, Picard's line from um, Measure of a Man that eventually someone is going to start trying to make more data. Well this is the succeed. This is the question that all the fans have kind of been talking about this past weekend over, you know, since the, this got released, which is this, this upends everything we've been thinking about what Picard is about. We all, Mm -hmm. because most people I think had been on the idea that Picard is about Starfleet, um, somehow co-opting the Borg technology or, or Mm. getting a hold of a, a bunch of Borg and deprogramming them somehow. Uh, but maybe it's not. Maybe th- some people think maybe this is about somebody creating a bunch of datas that get yeah, out of control, which, which we've seen in some of the previews. Uh, mm-hmm. These guys that look like another not data exactly, but another but, kind of Sung type android. And um, and so I, I I'm expecting Borg and Romulans and Sung type androids to factor Bigly in this, yeah. So the only only other only other thought I had where synth could also be is, of course, you know, you go back to Voyager and we have you know photons be free and the whole thing with holograms. Could synths mm-hmm. also be holographic beings? Yeah, yeah maybe possible. You know, I mean, yeah. another another possibility, and that that what we saw those would would you thought might be androids could actually be holograms instead, right? Because right. we using the portable holo holo uh, generator technology that the Doctor had on Voyager. Uh, that's yeah. possible. And then we and, get a headline that says uh, Admiral Picard reacts to Mars attack. Right. And we see him on up on CNN and that's it. And then the girls cl- grab each other by the hand. So we have some kind of reconciliation between them. And once again, Gilgamesh and Enkidu at Uruk. <laughs> <laughs> right. The attack Psych. brings them together in their fear and anger. Yeah. In grief. Uh, because of the assumption is, uh, you know, are there parents among the 3000 dead? Uh, right. The interesting thing about this, the, the headline, you know, the, some people have mentioned, well, if it says he's Admiral Picard, wh- what we know of the, t- the TV show is that Picard has been retired from Starfleet. So therefore, this must be take place when he was still an admiral. Before. But of course, right. we know from at least from contemporary what our, our present day. Once you're an admiral, you're always an admiral or a general. You're always referred you re- to by your yeah, title. You retain the title as an honorific even when you're retired. Yep. However, he is in uniform right. on when he's up on the on the screen. And in some of the trailers for the Picard series, we have him flashing back to this dramatic attack on Mars. Yeah, so right. I'm guessing that this is set at the time he left Starfleet. Right. Which kind of an interesting point, you know, right now they they've already released they've released two of the three issues of the Picard countdown comic. Yep. Which, which is, is also a prequel at that time. Yeah. And um, one thing we see in that is that Jordy LaForge is in charge of Utopia Punisha at the time of the comic. He's helping to supervise the building of the Romulan. The evacuation um, fleet. Re- evacuation fleet. Yeah. So. I mean, this is my speculation is that maybe the two are connected there, too, like that this is similar time frame mm-hmm. that as Utopia Planitia, again, speculation on my part, third issue hasn't come out yet, but the comic strip comic book is supposed to be leading to the decision that Picard made to leave Starfleet. 
Yeah. Right? That's kind of how they put it. So I'm wondering if like these are concurrent time frames, and like the third episode is going to show the attack. And maybe uh, something bad to... happened to Jordy, which is I, yeah, I think is and possible. that's that's you know in speculation there was he killed, was he hurt, you know whatever because we we haven't heard anything of Jordy LaForge returning for the Picard series. Right. Yeah, I don't. I doubt he was killed. Okay. It would be, yeah, but he say bad. He may have well been there during the attack. It would be but tragic it, given his relationship with Data as a friend to have yeah. creatures like Data, uh, you know, to, to kill him. It's but interesting. It's, just, it's kind of interesting. I yeah. think that they're that these these two separate media could actually be like interconnected, uh, telling planned. the same story from different views. One yeah. other thing that someone pointed out was the remember when Lore Data's brother. Uh, was running the rogue board uh, mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. what was it? Uh, what was that called? Um, Descent. Descent, the two-parter Descent. And uh, after that, Q, the, the board yeah. who was freed, was given control of those uh, freed Borg at that point. And we, given we have heard that Hugh. Given quite the right word, but he leadership. effectively became their leader. I'm yeah. sorry, yes, leadership. And, and, we, and we know Hugh is back in the Picard series. It, exactly. Right. So... And then we've got this girl who we don't know who she is, but she seems to be powerful that Picard feels this, this need to help and take care of. And so there's lots of speculation. Who is she? Is she Picard's daughter? Is she a a Borg that's been freed? Because we know seven of nine is in the new series, or maybe as I'm thinking is maybe she's one of these synths, a more advanced version of them. So we'll have a lot of these questions answered really (laughs) soon because, um, this Picard series is debuting. Right. How did we feel about this short track taken in and of itself, regardless of what it sets us up for? How did we think, what do we think about it as uh, right. self-contained entity? <laughs> Until we got that, that last bit, the attack on Mars, I was kind of like, what's this, what's the point of this? What, what, what why yeah. are we seeing this? Yeah. Um, I'm I still was, left I mean, wondering. I wrote down, I mean, I wrote down seemingly typical bully story. <laughs> mm-hmm. After school special. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was like meh. Yeah, and, and I like, especially I like with the joyless, inappropriate heroes. I mean, I like yeah. that song, and this is it's inappropriate and it's joyless here. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like the uh, the principal being a Vulcan because <laughs> they had that one scene there where it's behind him and he's just in shadow with the ears. But... Yes, he's very the very stern headmaster, of course. Yeah, like, apart from that, and I actually I'm still kind of left wondering. What is the connection of this story to to whatever? Like, why why is this like what is the connection of this to anything besides itself? There is no it doesn't connect to any of the characters besides that one brief reference, which is they are somehow connected to the attack on Mars that is at the center of whatever Picard series is. We, We could maybe meet these characters as adults in the Picard series, but. And yeah. so this is like their secret origin story, but it's not that interesting of a secret origin story. I think they could have done so much more with this and done it with dialogue instead right. of, you know, having this whole thing be silent under the joyless music. Right. And right. I, and I, I wonder, honestly, if other than the actual attack on Mars, if there is going to be any connection. Yeah. There may I, not. Mean, I honestly I could see them just. That they literally just they wanted to use it as the platform to show the attack on Mars, but they had to put this whole story to build up to that point. Right. Without showing the like making a story about the attack on Mars, like they could Correct. have set this in the plant in the shipyard with and then have things happen around them. This and, is and actually 
you know, kind of telling basically a 9-11 story. Yeah. 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 You know, I'm, I'm not woke at up all. 9-11 is yeah. a normal day. Everything was going fine. All of a sudden, smack. Yeah. Uh, not, yeah. Uh, the, I would have to say, looking back at all of the short tricks from the season, the best is definitely the trouble with Edward. Um, the, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the, the animated one, the, the Lilo and Stitch one, well, I forget what it's called. The, t- yeah. the, the two, that one was really Dante good. Nickram. Um, yeah. this one, I don't, it's not objectionable, but it just kind of falls flat for me. Yeah. I liked Q and A. I liked, Q&A I liked that. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. the one where Picard is, is gaslighting the, the lady to determine if she can be a junior engineering Pike. intern is Captain Pike. Yeah. Pike. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Is that one's. I mean, I like seeing Pike, but that one's just kind of has logic problems. Yeah. Right. Um, Q&A was, was fun, and yep. the Lilo and Stitch one was fun. Um, the did girl not like the girl who made the stars. Yeah. Uh, Ephraim did and not Dot. like this yeah. one. Yeah. 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 I, I'm kind of, the, kind of the same way. Ed, I liked Edward. I liked Q&A. Edward I liked, was fun. Yeah, I liked the, the Dot and Ephraim. Um, was kind of, man, like I said, man, the one about uh, Pike. It was... And uh, the other, the girls with the stars. And then this one was, yeah. yeah. I was happy I got, to, we got Pike, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I enjoyed seeing Pike on, on screen. Number one and Pike both. Yes. Um, w- one bit of news, speaking of Picard, is that uh, the, it's been picked up for a second season before they've even aired the first episode, which seems to be derogar for streaming series well, nowadays. I, they, I think they also announced uh, Discovery got season four. Already. Okay. Well. I think uh, I just saw that yesterday. So I, I'm doing this off the top of my head, but I think yeah. they did announce that season four Discovery has been picked up as well. It, it would be nice if they told us when season three was coming, but <laughs> that's just for me. After Picard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. This year. Yeah. Some some point this year. Um, all right. Well, that's actually, that's good news. So, uh, all right. Well, we should wrap it up there. And uh, so we, I hope you, you patrons especially have enjoyed this special presentation and that the general audience enjoys it as well having now listened to all of them at once in one uh edited together form really and- long e- episode <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, not- the general audience will get to binge this yes because you're going to have to do it quick because next week you are going to have the new star trek picard series where and we'll I, be talking and I about think that we're all very excited about that right i think we're, we're all really looking forward to yeah. it so we'll be maintaining our regular schedule of a monday release so the episodes will drop on a thursday we'll release the episode on monday late monday on east coast of uh, yep. uh, east coast time where i am uh because i'm gonna have to edit it together real quick uh we don't have the luxury of time like we normally do so uh, <laughs> uh let me take a moment here to thank our patrons and make it possible for us to create the Secrets of Star Trek, and all the shows at StarQuest. We could not do this without your continued financial support. So thank you very much. Uh, And that's it from us. What did you think of this short trek, Children of Mars? Let us know by visiting this post on Patreon and leaving some feedback or send us an email to trek at sqpn.com. You can always subscribe to The Secrets of Star Trek by visiting sqpn.com slash trek. Until next time, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing The Secrets of Star Trek. Well, thank you, Dom. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thanks, and live long and prosper. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Trek on StarQuest. <laughs>